0: We 're glad to be sharing the Ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God
1: Turn with me to First Timothy chapter four. something that I, I, I guess I became reaware that i 've always known, but just hadn 't been thinking about it and because of everything 's going on, we think about fear as being a powerful emotion don 't we a powerful emotion the bible doesn 't say fear is an emotion it 's a spirit. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. It's a spirit. So it's something that's laid out in another dimension, the spirit world, that we have to be cognizant of and understand that a lot of the things that we're kind of pushing through right now, it's, listen, to tell you to uh, don't be afraid or don't fear, that's easy to say, but it's, you know, sometimes a little difficult to to muster through. How many times in the Scripture do you see when a prophet showed up when Jesus showed up, when they, the first words were, fear not. You know, here's the deal. God understands this, that the spirit of fear is active in the lives of everybody, not just believers and non both. The spirit of fear is active and going and moving. And so what, I think what we have to understand is that, uh, you know, I, I was talking with uh, Scott Lewis today. You know, one of the things about either we believe God or we don't. Either we believe God or we don't. Now, I know that's black and white, cut and dry, but it's just the case. Either we believe God or we don't. So, you know, if, if we live in fear, then we live in disbelief because fear is a spirit. It's a spirit that's overwhelming us. And what we it's hard to get past sometimes, but we have to push through and understand, listen, we, he didn't give us that spirit. That's something that's playing us, and that's what spirits do. They play you. They, they work off your emotion. That spirit's not an emotion, but they'll come to your emotion and really play it. And so I just challenge us as the church to understand something. We have power over that spirit because we we've give, been given a different one. We've been given the Holy Ghost. So we mean we we have such authority and power over that spirit. Uh fan, I'm hot too. The thing, it is on, but it's, I think we're gonna have to turn it on right now at two o'clock in the afternoon to make it cool in here. So that's not what I wanted to talk about, but kind of goes with it because I want to talk about something we've talked about before.
0: But on that vein real quick. Um so yes. when when he when uh, Jesus would come and say fear not, so was he like in a sense casting out that spirit be gone? Could...
1: C- correct. Correct. He was he was disassembling that spirit in their lives. Because he recognized the power and and what that spirit was doing to them by what they their reactions were. You don't you don't walk in somewhere and say, you know, I wouldn't walk into a, somebody's house and say, fear not. You know, something goes on to make you think somebody's afraid because not everybody was afraid in that day. Not not everybody, but you know that fear not was often used, it was prophets, I mean, it was Jesus. Yeah, and it was to to remove that spirit from the premises. And I think that's something we miss. And again, I, I have friends that are pastors that are devil chasers. Uh, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not a devil chaser. I don't, you know, I don't want to chase them. I, I'm not going to uh, have uh, exorcisms. I'm not going to spend all this time. Jesus, when he met a spirit, he said, be thou removed, be gone, get out of here. You have no business here and that left. And we have that same authority and power uh, that waste time when we do that stuff. So we're not going to chase them. We're just going to recognize them and tell them to be gone and be removed. So just understand, you know, again, have you ever been afraid? Yeah, me too. Have you ever had fear? Yeah, me too. Just understand, it's not an emotion you're having. It's a spirit that's attacking your emotion, trying to get you. And, and again, it's not. That's the reason lions do what they do. They create fear, which creates what? Panic. Why do you think this deal with COVID is going on? It creates fear and it creates panic. the 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 people that are behind this want to. Make us panic because when we panic, we don't make rational decisions, we don't think straight, we run for the hills. That's panic. We're mu- not much different than the animals when it comes to that. Humans are just about like animals when it comes to fear because, again, it's a spirit. And if, we, if we're not careful, we'll panic. Let's not panic. And that's one of the things you know, I'm hearing about these people are, you know, the people that are protesting against taking the vaccine and all those things is that, listen, listen, let's not panic. Stay with the, stay, stay on the course, stay with it, but just believe. So uh, kind of goes with what we want to talk about. First Timothy chapter four, let's look at verse seven and eight, and then we'll look at verse 12. But, But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of life that now is, having promise of the life that now is, it's not something we're talking about that's coming later. It's it's right now. And of that which is to come. So this promise that we have is now and later. Many of the times we look at things as later. We have to live in the now. We're in the now. Jesus said, don't live in the yesterday. Don't live for tomorrow. Live in the now. So, in verse 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word and in conversation and charity and spirit and faith and in purity. There's a lot said there. Uh, have you ever worked out in a gym and you saw this guy that worked out and he laid on the floor for an hour and tried to overcome his workout? I mean, you, you have to rest, but but this dude, I, I've been to the gym one time. The guy laid down. I did my complete workout. He's still laying in the same spot. <sighs> He's try, trying to overcome the thing that he, it seems that all the effort he spent in losing because he was trying to lose weight, trying to gain, uh, is more than what he was going to gain from it. He seemed to be losing more than he was gaining. Now, it could be this is that was his first day, and it, but it seemed to me, man, dude, you overdid it. Maybe you need to shorten it up a little bit. You know, calorie counting and proper exercise are important, aren't they? Exercise is important. The Bible tells us it, but calorie counting, I I just threw that in there, y'all, because that's the deal. But the road to health starts much deeper than counting calories and exercise. Real health begins deep inside in your soul and who you are. Real health, good health. If you want to be fit in life, you have to begin by building spiritual muscles. There are too many people that are trying to build physical muscles and be fit when they're not spiritually fit. And the problem with that is, being spiritually fit, what that does is it creates uh, it creates a system that you you you're able to regulate. And, and you know, you you get into a rhythm. And so. When you're creating spiritual muscles, you're getting into a rhythm of God's word and prayer and those things. And that'll teach you physically to do the same thing. Because when you go out to work out and you've got an instructor, the, one of the first things they tell you is you need to find your rhythm. Everybody's different, it's the same thing spiritually. We all have different spiritual rhythm, but you've got to find that rhythm. So let's kind of keep. Uh, so, to, in order to build spiritual muscles, there's kind of three levels of living that everyone chooses to live, uh, and, and, and these three levels, everybody chooses one of these three levels to live at. So let's just talk about those right quick. The first level is a life that is shaped by anything and everything. So let's talk about spiritual, not physical. Just do the physical out there because we're uh, a physical nation. We think physically. So, but let's talk about the spiritual. So there are some people that want to get physically fit, but here's what they do. They're shaped by anything and everything they come across. They believe every wind of doctrine, er, er, everything that comes at them. It, this is, by the way, is the lowest level that you can live on spiritually. Just accepting everything. It's a very difficult level to live on uh, because you, you never you, you never adjust to anything. You, you, never, you never find a rhythm. When it's anything and everything. You know, if, if, you're trying to, if you're trying to gain your wind back, if you're trying to get your lungs back when you go to a gym, the first thing they want to do is get you in a soft treadmill. They don't put you on the weights because it's a whole different scenario. So, so spiritually think of it the same way. You can't just do everything. There's, there's a system that you need to follow. The Apostle Paul writing to Timothy said to have nothing to do Let's kind of look at this. Don't don't have anything to do with these godless myths and these fictitious wives tales. Why why would he bring that up? To I mean, this is this is Timothy. I mean, and Paul's writing to Timothy. Why, why would he bring that up to Timothy? I mean, Timothy seems to be a guy pretty much on the level. You know, he's following after Paul, and Paul's teaching him, and Paul's rearing him up in the gospel. But 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 verse twelve tells us why. Let no man despise thy youth. He's telling. He's telling him, "Don't let just because you're young, don't let people despise. Don't just because you're young doesn't mean that you, you don't have it." And that's one of the things that the progression of our society we look at. Listen, we, we we know we can't build a healthy body by eating eclairs and donuts, right? We you you can't build a healthy body by eating eclairs and donuts. You can't go the next day and eat five hot dogs. You can't come up and then okay, I'm gonna eat a whole bowl of mashed potatoes. There's got. If you want to be fit, there's certain foods and substances that you have, actually you have to refuse. You're never going to get fit eating zingers. Man, I ate zingers and ate zingers. Y'all know what zingers are? The, little, the three little long chocolate donuts. That are, they're chocolate donuts with chocolate covering, and they've got this marshmallow stuff inside. I hate marshmallow, but the zinger tastes so good on the outside that I'll just put up with the inside. And so every time you eat a zinger, you gain a couple of pounds. I'm telling you, you can't, you have to refuse that stuff. You know, there are zingers in the spirit. There are zingers in the spirit. Man, they're sweet. They all look, man, they, they get that chocolate, they're filled with this stuff. But you know what? They're, they're not healthy for you. Uh, there are certain things that we should never put in our body. Would you all agree with that? Certain things we should never put in our body. Our bodies aren't even made for it. I know the Bible tells us that all meat blessed of the Lord is. But understand that you know again. I'm going back to the zinger. A zinger is not a meat blessed of the Lord. So understand in the spirit, there there is spiritual zingers that are not blessed of the Lord. The meat of God's word is blessed. Would y'all agree with that? The meat of God's word is blessed, but but. You can't take a six-month-old Christian and feed them the meat that you're you're eating right now, even though all the meat's good. So, kind of, I just want to build a little thing here. So, just like a person can't build that, you know, by eating everything and everything in sight. And you know, you met that person that doesn't matter what you find, they'll eat it. I have a brother that way. Well, he didn't, he didn't care about. He, he, but, but I don't know how he's like. He's a 145 pounds now, and he's 60 years old. I don't understand that, but I'm figuring it'll catch up to him maybe when he's 80. But you can't, you can't build spiritual muscle if your life is shaped by any and everything. There has to be a certainty of m- meal that you eat. Uh, if you want to grow as a Christian and accomplish more for God's kingdom, you know, you, th- there are, well, it's sad today. There are so many lies in, in, I don't want to say God's kingdom because they're not in God's kingdom. There's so many lies in the Christianity movement. Can I say that? There's so many lies being put, falsehoods, old wives' tales. Some of us came from the background of other denominations where a lot of the things that they taught you were nothing more than an old wives' tale. They weren't scripture at all. Or something that grandpa, you know, know, since God made the stump and water gets in the stump and there's stump water, you can drink stump water and it cures all your ailments. I mean, I heard that in church. Yeah, I'm telling you. I, I lived in the country, but you understand. The, those things, you know, and I grew up thinking I never drank it. I didn't have the guts at that point. I never drank stump water, even when I got sick, because something about that didn't sound right to me. But I always thought it was, a, you know, okay, that's what God wants us to do, because after all, that's God's water, and that's God's stump. The point I'm making is there are people that are taking the scripture now and they're creating the same spiritual aspect stump water in scripture in spirit, and they're trying to get us to drink it. When it you know it's you can't you can't believe every false fairy tale superstition. Man, one of the big problems in church today is superstition. You know what superstition is, right? We think of superstition as the black cat. Run in front of you, or don't walk under a ladder. Those are superstitious things. But you know what superstition is? Words contrary, things contrary, actions contrary to faith. They're contrary to faith. That's what superstition is. They don't align themselves with God's Word. I, I'll give you a saying. It's, it's a saying that you have heard in church as well as you. God helps those who help themselves. That's a superstition. That's not a. That's not a. Scripture. You know, that's a nice saying, right? Well, there's a lot of superstition. that's not witches and devils, and there's a lot of nice sayings out there. There's a lot of things even in churches today that's being taught that are superstition. There are places you can go and you can and supposedly the ashes of Peter are there, and you can kneel down before it and ask Peter to help you out. Superstition. We can't, spiritually, we, can, we, have to, we have to have healthy thinking in our mind. Healthy thinking comes from healthy learning, which comes from healthy study. Health, okay. So, you have to study God's Word and not let every wind of doctrine, every wind of doctrine. What is, what is that? Double-mindedness? Every wind of doctrine. Think about the statement for a second. How many, how many directions does the wind blow? Yeah, it'll go any direction. It'll take you any direction. The wind will blow any direction. North, south, east, or west, up and down, around, over, it goes any direction in any way. And so we're not to take any direction anything of of doctrine just because you know have you heard those that just because they put Jesus's name in it now it becomes a biblical standard there 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 are those that are doing that just because they apply the name of Jesus in it then it, it's you know there are those who man this, I got to be careful here there can be a guy that l- leads a country which, that curses like a sailor, steals like a worse than I ever thought of, but because he said Jesus, oh, he's a Christian. We're not making a judgment here. Understand what I'm saying? This is not a judgment against that person. I don't know whether he's a Christian or not, but you. But but listen, all the fruits are the fruits of Cyrus. I mean, all the fruits don't that none of them bear christianity so it's not that we're making but we need to have a wisdom about us to understand just because someone says jesus doesn't mean they're a christian and i know i'm talking to people here that but 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 what what i'm hoping you do is that we we have people that we need to help in our church with this and pastor don has said it over and over and over and it goes you know it's kind of like you give this person this plan, and you tell them, you tell them, they don't do it. Somebody else comes along and gives them the exact same plan, and they're like, wow, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, and you've been telling them for, for years. So somebody else has to come along sometime, and so the only reason I'm bringing this up is that as the body, we need to help one another in these kind of situations, because what happens is it creates an unhealthy body when we believe every wind of doctrine. We have to have a healthy appetite for God's Word, not... Listen, I'm not telling you to check your brain at the door when you come in and everything Pastor Don says or Bishop preaches or what that you just believe it and, you know, don't you don't need to study it. You don't need to look at it. I'm not saying that at all. But understand something. There, there has to be a healthy diet that comes from the pulpit. There has to be a healthy diet. You know, when I was a kid, I loved chocolate ice cream, but I couldn't eat it unless I ate the broccoli. I didn't like the broccoli. It didn't taste good. But I ate it. You know why? I wanted that chocolate ice cream. So sometimes you're going to have broccoli here. Matter of fact, most people say Pastor Don is doing nothing but preaching broccoli right now. Well, does it like it? Because ice cream's coming. Ice cream's coming. I understand y'all had a little ice cream Sunday. I'm not saying Bishop doesn't preach broccoli. He did it for 40 or 50 years. He went he went to the chocolate Sunday. So that's good. Believe it or not, not all things taught and preached over the airways are true. No one can maintain good health if they're not monitoring what they put in their body. No one can maintain good spiritual health unless they're monitoring what goes into their spirit. It's, you know, it's the same with your spiritual life. Monitor what goes into your heart. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus admonishing them to don't be as infants anymore. Don't be like a little baby anymore. One of the, you know what the mo, one of the most frustrating? It's not the saints of God. One of the most frustrating things for pastor is, don't say the saints of God. That's, that's a given. I mean, that's, that's not. You know, like, I heard a pastor say one time, if it wasn't for the saints, pastoring would be great. Well, I don't know how that works out. What's frustrating for anybody, here's what's frustrating for a parent. When your 15-year-old wants to do three-year-old's things, when your 21-year-old wants to do 6-year-old things. That's a little frustrating as a parent. It's the same thing spiritually. When you've got a 15-year-old Christian that wants to do 3-year-old Christian stuff, that's a little frustrating. But understand, we don't live off the frustration, right? We understand that the person is handicapped in some way that they need to be brought in progression. And the most of the time, it's what they've been eating. It's what they've been eating. They have been... Yeah, y'all don't just eat on Sunday, right? Y'all, y'all eat on Tuesdays at home. Y'all have dinner on Wednesdays, Thursdays. You have you know lunch on yeah. Well, please do that in the spirit as well. Don't just eat here on Sunday and Wednesday. And I know you do. Eat every day, and eat the right stuff. It makes a difference. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but Paul said, "Don't be tossed back and forth, to and fro." Like the wind and the waves, every it's a deceitful scheme by the devil. You know, it's the intent of the devil to make you unhealthy. It's the intent of the devil to make you unhealthy spiritually. That's his intent. So that's why the scripture tells us to study. Uh, did you know that there are Christian churches today that preach that the resurrection was nothing more than a metaphor? It's a metaphor. It didn't really happen. The, the resurrection never physically happened. It's simply a metaphor that's being taught in churches today. Now, we're all shaking our heads like, that's unbelievable. But believe it. There are some Christian churches today that de- deny the deity of Jesus Christ and his miracles. They dilute his doctrine to make it more palatable to accept and receive. That's... that's being spiritually healthy is not about adjusting God to fit our lives. If you want to be spiritually healthy, you have to adjust your life to fit God's plan. The second level, I'm only doing three, so the second level is, is, is kind of the second way people will live, is, is a life shaped by what is temporary. What is temporary. A lot, a lot of people like temporary things because it gives them ability to draw their own line. When something's temporary, we find a place where we can draw the lines. Okay, it's over. That's done. I can move to the next one. One of the things, and I believe in seasons in the church. I believe in seasons in our lives. But one of the things I'm seeing misused in the church is the word seasons. Okay, this season, we've gone here, and then it stops here. Who stopped that season? Did God speak to you and stop it? That's great. That's great. But you know what happens most of the time in humanity? We, we choose the ending of a season and the beginning of another one because a lot of times this season got a little tough. And so we're going to stop that, and we're going to start. It's just humanity. So understand, there, we, we have to understand there are seasons in our lives, but we don't govern those. God does. And God brings them on, and God stops them and takes us into another one. Uh, Paul wrote to Timothy telling him to train himself to be godly. You have to train yourself to be godly. It doesn't come natural to you. Doesn't come natural to you. You have to train yourself. If, you know it's training. What does it mean to train? And have you ever trained for anything? Sure, we all have in some way or another. Training means you have to be involved. It means you have to in, put yourself into it. Training means that you have to stay with it. And you know the Olympic people? They're not sitting around eating hot dogs, hamburgers. You know what they're doing right now? The ones that just came out of the Olympics? They're training. They don't stop training. Why is that? They want to stay in tip-top physical condition. It's the same thing in spirit. You can never stop training. You have to keep moving forward. It's a lifetime thing. He said that physical training or bodily exercise profiteth little. Well, then it profits in some manner. If it profits little, it may be little, but it still profits. So we shouldn't be, you know, slugs in the sense of saying you know it's not going to be physically i'm not going to take care of myself we're supposed to take care of ourselves god gave us this so uh it's just about the priorities and the balance of life not only does a person have to refuse to eat things that are wrong but they have to make sure they eat things that are right don't just not eat zingers that 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 just means you're not eating zingers i mean but you got to eat the right thing spiritually you know, there's things that we need to deny we know are not biblical. But then we need to reach and grab those things that are biblical and insert them into our lives. You know, we, we've heard... Have you ever heard the story of a per- person that just keeps drinking water, drinking water and drinking water and drinking water and drinking water and drinking water? You know what happens to them? They just keep drinking. Right? Yeah, they'll, they'll die. Just keep drinking, keep drinking, keep drinking, keep, keep drinking. What you, you know what? The majority of our body's water. You would think... But no, there's got to be a balance in the way you do things, and if you just keep drinking water, what's going to happen? You, you, basically, what happens? It causes brain swelling, and it and it's, it stops vital body functions. It does all a litany of things to your body just because you're drinking too much water. So, what does that ha- what happens when you when you have a full glass of tea and you keep pouring water in it, and you keep pouring water in it, and you keep what happens? It gets diluted. More diluted, more pretty soon you're not drinking iced tea anymore. You're drinking iced water, and, and it's, we have to. There's some things we have to understand about about balance. Water's a good thing, but too much water is a bad thing. The point I'm trying to make is our balance in developing our spiritual muscles or developing our spiritual aspects. There's got to be balance in it. You know, again, I was talking to somebody today, and and. He said he was having a talk with his pastor. And his pastor's fairly young, but not real young. He said, listen, something that I've seen over and over in my life that I'm going to ask you not to do as a pastor is never, ever give more to the church than you give to your family. Stop and think about it a second. Never, ever give more to the church than what you give. If you give more to the church than you give to your family, you're out of balance. You're out of balance. Because one of the things about pa- being a pastor is that you want to be and you want to do, but you have to sit in anything. In order to set balance, you have you have to set perimeters to set balance in your life. And you have to understand that as part of good spiritual uh, healthiness is knowing how much to give to the church, how much to give to the family, how much to give to work. There are some people that are workaholics. You can overdo it. But but he was having a talk with his with his pastor, and so what we have to understand is is this: even in your own spiritual life, there's got to be balance. Jana hates the saying; she's not here, so I'm going to say it. Being so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. You ever heard that? I know people don't care for that, because how can you be so heavenly minded? But but the whole point of that statement is not about you know I can love God too much. It's not about that. It's understanding that I don't have balance. If I knew the entire Bible, if I could quote. Front and back, backwards and forwards, but I never reached a soul, I'm out of balance. If I never touched a life, I'm out of balance. If I never applied it to my life, I'm out of balance. So building spiritual muscle has to do with balance as well. If we if we get too caught up in the immediacy of our lives and forget about the eternal things, that's what dilutes us. That's what we have to think eternally. We live eternally each day not yesterday not tomorrow but today but you live each day eternally everything that we think about is eternal you think about it listen when we spend our life whatever however that's going to be for 10 million years 100 million years there won't be any time so we won't even know as opposed to 80 years maybe if we live in this life which which should we be thinking more about (laughs) it's obvious answer the balance in your life has to do with, with making sure you're thinking eternally. You know, uh, what's the point of living a diluted life for God? There's no point in that, right? Living a diluted life for God. You're trying, when you're overdoing this here and you were a really good, I'm living for God, and you just kept diluting it with something, you kept diluting it. What happens is eventually you lose what's around you and you lose out with God too. Now you know, Bishop can attest to this. We've seen this. You've probably seen it in your life too. I've seen pastors totally lose out with God because they, put, they were out of balance. They put things in their improper balance because they didn't develop the spiritual muscles they needed to do in balance. Uh, one of the things that I think probably the most imbalanced thing that we see in Christianity is I'm a good Christian on Sunday. Man, I'm a devil on Monday. I'm a devil on Monday. Paul wrote that a man is a slave to whatever masters him, and if you have to escape the corruption of this world by knowing Jesus Christ, and you're, he said if you're again entangled in the thing that, and overcome by the thing that you were delivered from, you're worse off. You'd been better off never knowing Jesus. What? He said you'd be better off. You're worse off than you were in the beginning, before you knew him, before you were entangled. When you were entangled in all those things, and then you came to know him, and then you got out of balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He says it'd be been better for them to never know the way of righteousness. It's just better never to know it than to know it and to turn back on that sacred commandment given to them. What happens when you don't have balance? Well Peter said, listen, it's it's, it's as if of the old proverb, you see it in Proverbs, when you don't have balance and you get diluted, and this is the second level, what happens is you're just like the dog that returns to his vomit. That's what Peter said. You're just like the dog that goes back to swallowing the old So if If you let the world dilute you, you're not in balance, it's going to be tough. Finally, let me just finish this here. There's there's a life shaped by what's permanent. So, what's permanent in your life and mine? I got six minutes. What's permanent in your life and mine? Name me a permanent. (laughs) A permanent, when I was a kid, was what my mom did with her hair. that's the only permanent i have ever known and it didn't last <laughs> what's permanent in your life permanent yeah it's going to dissolve one day in fire just like everything else yeah what else is permanent what anything word of god permanent in your life okay if so if for every bit of the word you intake you there's a permanent thing you're doing for yourself spiritually it's not temporary you're it's permanent it's eternal every word of god is eternal and it's permanent it's established now what you do with it is critical what you do with it is critical but when god's word comes in it's permanent it doesn't it's not a take back oh well you didn't believe that. I'm taking that back. That doesn't happen in Scripture. That doesn't happen in Bible. That not happen in Word. When Word comes in and progresses in, you ever told somebody about the Lord you never saw Him again? I have. You know what? That Word that went in is permanent. It's there forever.
0: Jesus said, except you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no part of me. He wasn't talking about cannibalization. Right. He was talking about assimilation. It's not the word you read. It's not the word you study. Right. It's the word you assimilate into your life mm-hmm. and make it a part of who you are that merits you. Any other aspect of the word does you no good at all?
1: Yeah, Just knowing it, just knowing it, if it's not applied, if it's not assimilated, that's why this is a lifelong thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I had an uncle that almost literally memorized the Bible but he was the biggest devil I have ever known in my life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there are those. Have y'all come across that person? I have, that knew more Bible than I did. Could quote it, spit it out, quote it, quote it, this, 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 and this. They trained themselves to do that, but they weren't Christians. They would use it. Well, see, this, 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 this. They were using it to try to misrepresent the word. Yeah, just because somebody knows word doesn't mean they got to be assimilated. It's got to, Paul said, you know, physical training's got its value. It's very little. It's got its value. But godliness is valuable in all things because godliness is eternal. The only way to build those things and to be permanent in your life, you know, Jesus said this, Mark 10, that no person having given up his brother, sister, mother, father for the gospel would be a loser. You're not, we think, man, I follow, you're not going to be, you're not a loser. You know what? You're going to be returned a hundredfold. Man, God's promise to you is that you'll never be a loser. You ever felt like a loser before? You ever feel, you know, something happened, you go, man, what a loser. I haven't been, that was stupid. What a loser. Here's the thing with God. When you when you assimilate the word, when you live in the permanent idea idealism of the word, you'll never be a loser. Never. Because godliness is valuable in all permanent things. So he said it in this life and in the life to come in verse 8. So God's promise in this life is is very important. Understand that God's promise in the permanent is that you will have focus. You will have focus. One of the permanent things about God's Word is that it places focus in your life. There are things and you. know, You know how when you graduated in Scripture and you begin to learn things and the, how your focus became different? You thought this, but now you think this. I would live this way, now I live this way. Even, even in Christianity, that should always be happening. Your focus should ever be becoming more clearer and more clearer and more clearer and more clearer. Your focus should never, ever stop becoming more and more clear. should always, and, and it, it gives us the ability to exercise those spiritual muscles of yes and no. Focus helps you in any question that has a yes or no answer. Just think a second. Focus helps you in any question that has a yes or no answer. Look at that tonight. It also brings something. Your life really matters. We talked about the 10 million years, 10 hundred million we'll spend with God. So what does this life really matter here? Well, this life here is setting you up for for the permanent. Setting you up for the permanent. Your life is a big life. Listen, your life is important. It's a big life. It's not a trivial life. God doesn't, doesn't do that. A, a, listen, a fit, a fit and healthy athlete is an asset to a team. A fit, did any of y'all watch the Olympics? I watched that deal where there's four guys are rowing. Man, they were in such sync. And then you look at those guys and, you know, they had real their legs weren't real big. But, man, from the waist up. They look like a different person because that's what they, and they were in sync, and they were fit, and they were healthy. They, were, they, were, they caused that team to perform at its maximum. And so spiritually, we have to understand that. It's important for us because none of us are in this by ourselves that we be spiritually healthy because we're all in this thing doing this. And that's what makes us hit the maximum. God intends for us to hit the maximum. And I'm going to tell, yeah, yeah, tell you, I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to forewarn you. It's been a rough week for me so far. It's been a rough week. And rough, here's what I mean by rough. So far, all week, God has really, really been hitting me. Like, really, like, I don't want to say it this way, but I don't know the way to say it. It's time to get up or get out is what he's telling me. It's time to get up. Or get out. And that's hard. You know, again, I know y'all <laughs> I'm the broccoli preacher. I get it. I'm just telling y'all, don't you don't, if y'all are not here Sunday, <laughs> you're gonna get some broccoli Sunday. Pastor Don's been getting a lot of broccoli this week and it's still coming. And it's it's God's trying to wake us up. God's trying to make us aware, and God, God's trying to He's giving us the push to make it on through this. And so, uh, to be healthy, though, we, we have to understand that we, we have to all be healthy. The, the body of Jesus Christ won't be spiritually healthy unless we're all spiritually healthy. So, last statement. The only way to build your spiritual muscles is to allow your life to be shaped by what is permanent. Allow your life to be shaped by what is permanent. Everything else is temporary. temporary. Or if it's every wind, don't let your life be shaped by the temporary. Don't let it be shaped by the every wind, but be shaped by what is permanent. So that was my question. What is permanent in your life? Anybody have any?
0: Jesus said, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this?
1: So do we believe it? Not do we think it? (laughs) Because if you believe it, you'll assimilate that into your life. Walking this life, believing you're never going to die. We're so accustomed to the fact that our physical bodies are going to pass from this life and that's not death that's a door your 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 physical body passing that's a door that's not death that's a door and i'm not not that i'm trying to knock the door down but i'm not afraid of that door i used to be severely afraid of that door but now it's just a door to the permanent be honest with you i'll be glad when we get out of the temporary so. anybody have anything God bless you. Look forward to seeing you. Please be here Sunday.
0: For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather. And you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.